Thanks for listening to the Thyroid Fixer podcast with your host, me, Dr. Amy Horneman, aka the Thyroid Fixer, functional medicine practitioner, hormone and weight loss expert. We're talking all things thyroid, hormone and health related in order to empower, educate and transform you. So if you're ready to get your life back, let's get started. I want to talk today about how Hashimoto's is diagnosed and what are the five stages of Hashimoto's. So you can really see what stage you're in and what you can actually do about it. Are you finally at your wits end where you are tired of dealing with doctor after doctor? Maybe you've spent thousands on integrative or functional practitioners that have not helped you at all because they don't know the thyroid and hormones. They're not even testing properly. So come work with myself and my team. We prescribe to all 50 states and parts of Canada. I have you covered. I've been building this team for years so that I could help you no matter where you are. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes, book a free application call. We're going to go over your current health situation, what worked, what hasn't worked, all the things. And then we will pair you up with the right program for you where we will do it all. You will come out the other side of the program, totally optimized, getting your life back. You're going to recognize the person you see in the mirror again. Doesn't that sound absolutely amazing? Well, it might sound like you don't even believe it, but I promise you, I promise you, we will take good care of you. So click the link in the show notes, book a call today, and we'll be talking to you soon. So first of all, Hashimoto's. How often do I tell you that you need two antibodies tested? I have seen so many practitioners, and I'm talking functional and integrative alike, that do not test the two antibodies. There's TPO, thyroid peroxidase, and there's TG, thyroglobulin antibodies. And we test those to see if you have soldiers that are beating up your thyroid gland. I always attribute and correlate those antibodies with little soldiers that go out and they do an attack. They form an attack on your thyroid gland itself, thinking that it is a bad guy. When those soldiers start to build up, and this is what we're going to talk about in the different stages of Hashimoto's, when those soldiers build their army, then we have the possibility that those soldiers can go and attack another part of the body. And that's where you're going to see multiple autoimmune conditions. And that's in the latter stage, that's stage five of Hashimoto's. But we want to look at the TPO and the TJ antibodies because that tells us whether or not you even have the army starting. Now, here's the thing. Those can come back as a false negative quite often. And we do know that Hashimoto's makes up 95% of all hypothyroid cases. Only 5% of hypothyroid cases are caused by that direct hypothyroid state, meaning that you, let's say, had chemotherapy, radiation, you had an eating disorder where you restricted your calories, you over-exercised, you caused stress to the thyroid gland itself where the thyroid gland basically just stopped working, crapped the bed as opposed to the autoimmune form, Hashimoto's, where it's slowly being destroyed. And in that destruction, it's no longer working properly, but it wasn't directly affected by an outside force or a behavior that caused it to shut down and stop working properly. So we have to distinguish between the two, but it's also important to note that Hashimoto's 
really is, that's 95% of all cases of hypothyroidism. So if you are one, if you're a hypothyroid patient and you are one of the few that says, you know, I don't have any antibodies. My doctor always told me that I didn't have Hashimoto's because there's no antibodies present. Number one, you have to get those antibodies tested more than once. It's not just a one and done one-time look. Oh, there's zero. Okay, you're good to go. You want to continue getting those antibodies checked. Now you don't have to do that every single lab test, but I would say if you are telling me that you had your antibodies checked two years ago and they were zero and your doctor told you, you don't have Hashimoto's, but you have all of these hypothyroid symptoms, get the TPO and TG antibodies retested to see what they are. And here's the thing, they should be zero just because that lab value, that standard lab value range says less than nine, less than 34, less than whatever. If you're coming in with any number whatsoever, that is an antibody against your thyroid. And to me, that is, and to functional medicine, that is Hashimoto's. We want those antibodies at zero and we want them staying at zero. Now you can also be living a really clean lifestyle. So I always refer back to the conversation I had with Cynthia Thurlow and I just had another one with her recording for her podcast the other day. And she has zero antibodies, but she knows she has Hashimoto's. That's exactly the same as myself. I have zero antibodies, but I know I have Hashi. You might be living and leading a lifestyle that keeps your antibodies at zero, that basically keeps you in remission and good for you. I mean, if you're doing black cumin seed oil, you're adding in Hashimoto's fixer, if you're going gluten-free, I mean, those lifestyle factors, those lifestyle changes can have a huge impact on your antibody number and push those to zero and put you in remission. If you are actually treating your thyroid properly, that can absolutely help push those antibodies to zero. So remission is possible. Remission is what we go for. Zero is what we go for. I have an entire podcast though that says, don't hang your hat on your antibody numbers because I don't want you to get sucked into the antibody number per se and think that that antibody number determines your progress. It doesn't. Those can float up and down. Maybe you were gluten, maybe you were stressed out. Different things can impact those thyroid antibodies, the Hashimoto antibodies. So we don't look at that and say, oh, your antibodies are 300, therefore you're not well, or your antibodies are zero. You must be feeling like a rock star. Because as I always say, I can show you someone that has zero antibodies, but their thyroid lab values are so crappy that they feel crappy. Their free T3 is low, reverse is high. It doesn't matter if the antibodies are at zero. Good for you. You're still over here feeling like absolute garbage and gaining weight and losing your hair. We focus on the thyroid hormones, not the antibodies. But in terms of diagnosing and knowing whether or not you have Hashimoto's, we have to look at those antibodies and we have to say, we want them coming in at zero. If there are antibodies present, Hashimoto's is present. Okay, that's the diagnosing part. Now we're moving on to the stages. So stage one is genetic predisposition. This is where you can look back at your family history, right? This is where I'll have a patient say, or put it on their intake form, my mom, my grandma, my aunt, all had Hashimoto's. 
or all had hypothyroidism. Maybe they didn't even know that they had Hashimoto's because nobody even tested them properly. They were probably all on T4 only, which we know doesn't work. And you, we can see that family history. So there is a genetic predisposition for Hashimoto's. And it's just kind of there. And maybe you haven't even had that trigger to flip that Hashimoto switch to the on position. There's literally no antibodies whatsoever. There's no changes in your thyroid gland. You might not even have symptoms at this point. This is just literally the genetic predisposition. So let's say you have Hashimoto's and you have a 10-year-old girl who has not gone through puberty yet and shows no signs or symptoms of anything wrong with her thyroid, she is in stage one in that she has the genetic predisposition because you have Hashimoto's, right? So now it's what stage do we move on to? Stage two, it's called immune cell infiltration. And this is where we start to see the antibody numbers elevate. We start to see them change. We test the TPO, we test TGA, and we start to see those numbers show up. Now they might not even be flagged yet. So if we're taking if we're taking a standard lab value range of less than 34, you might have 10 or 20. They're not at the point where your doctor would tell you, hey, you have antibodies, you have Hashimoto's, but they're still there. They're present. They're starting to show up. Some people will begin to experience symptoms. Some won't in this stage. But chances are that the TSH, free T3, and free T4 levels, they will definitely be normal and they might even be optimal because this stage where the lymphocytes start to go in, those are white blood cells in the thyroid gland, they start to go in. And even though they're good, we want those white blood cells for immune protection. They're kind of overactive. There's too many, there's too many soldiers. And they start to go in, they're starting to like beat up your thyroid gland a little bit. So if we have an army and we send them out to war and the army only has 10 guys, they're not going to be that strong of, a, of an army, not, not a powerful force to be reckoned with. But if there's 2000, now we have an issue. Now we have a really strong army attacking and we have very little defenses against that many soldiers, against that many attackers. So this is where those white blood cells start to infiltrate. The lymphocytes start to infiltrate and they start to wreak havoc on the thyroid gland. This can actually go on for decades. This is the classic presentation. This is where I meet with a patient and we diagnose them with Hashimoto's and they say, you know, this pisses me off because this started about 10, 20 years ago and everybody told me I was normal and everyone ignored me. Right, exactly. I have a friend who has a son. He's about 21 years old, 21, 22. And he was just diagnosed. We just got him diagnosed with Hashi. And we can trace it back to when he was 11. And of course, she went to an endocrinologist, even though I told her not to. She went to an endocrinologist who, of course, threw in a TSH test, a free T4 test, never tested his antibodies at all. And told her, oh, yeah, he's normal. Everything's fine. Nothing's wrong with his thyroid. Meanwhile, 
he started having symptoms at the age of 11. Now we can diagnose him properly because we tested him properly for Hashimoto's. And we can actually see that the antibodies are present, but it started about 10, 11 years ago. So this is where the symptoms can begin, even in stage two, they can begin and they can start to wreak a little bit of havoc, not something that we want. Now, we also see a lot of gut issues here, or at least the gut wall function starts to break down, leaky gut, because when we're talking about any autoimmune condition, it's a three-legged stool. Genetic predisposition is one leg. Leaky gut, gut infiltration is the second leg. And then the trigger is the third. The trigger can be puberty, pregnancy, hormonal changes, horrendous stress, Epstein-Barr virus flare. Those triggers can come up at any point of time, but we have to have that leaky gut component as a part of the three-legged stool for autoimmune, specifically Hashimoto's that we're talking about here. Now, that intestinal permeability, that leaky gut, that can be something that you begin to address in the early stages. So my friend's son, if we started to, well, if we were able to actually get him a diagnosis at the age of 11, and we started healing his gut, and we started intervening at such a young age with black cumin seed oil, going gluten-free, because we know gluten is a huge contributor to gut permeability and leaky gut. If we started doing those things, he may have reversed his Hashimoto's at a young age, kept it in remission, and never experienced the symptoms that he experienced from age 11 to age 21. So this is the time if you can catch it early enough. And this is also the time where my answer to the medication question changes. So I get the question of, do I need to be on medication the rest of my life? No, if you catch it early. So if we can catch that thyroid destruction early on, then we can actually keep someone potentially off of thyroid hormone replacement therapy because we're stopping the destruction of the thyroid gland at an early state. And if you stop the destruction, then the thyroid gland can produce T4 and T3 in the proper amounts that it's supposed to. It can also convert T4 to T3 properly with the conversion that's actually done in the thyroid gland and not the gut and not the surrounding tissues. So we have the genetic predisposition is stage one, immune cell infiltration, stage two. So let's move on to stage three. And this is where you're going to most resonate. This is stage three where hypothyroid symptoms really start to rear their ugly head. This is also the stage where you will be called normal by your doctor, mainly because they're not testing you properly. So in stage three, TSH will most likely be within that standard lab value range. It TSH is not going to be flagged high yet. It's not. And if you're lucky enough to get your free T3 and free T4 tested, those might start to shift a little bit, especially in functional medicine eyes. This is where you're going to be rolling in with a free T3 of maybe like a 2.9 or a three. You're going to be in the lower half of the range. You're definitely not going to be in the upper quadrant of the range where it's optimal. 
and you're, you're, we're going to start to be able to tie your symptoms together with that low T3. But if you're in the conventional medicine system, you're going to go another, oh, let's say 12, 24, 36 months suffering with symptoms until anyone pays attention to you or until you move into stage four. So stage three is still where the antibodies, they're going to start climbing. They're going to start climbing, but your conventional doc is going to wait and watch. We're just going to keep an eye on it. Well, wait doc, but I just, I I'm, I'm 10 pounds heavier, 20 pounds heavier than I was last year. And I'm super tired during the day. Like, I don't, I don't think I should be that tired. Well, yeah. Yeah. But your numbers look fine. You're normal. So we're just going to watch it. Let's retest in six months to a year. Oh, okay. So six months from now, I can be another 10 pounds heavier and maybe I'll lose my job because I can't think and I'm not productive and I have no motivation and I'm depressed and I'm anxious and I have brain fog and this excess weight is making me more depressed. But yeah, definitely. Let's wait another six months until those numbers actually fit into your category of paying attention to me as a patient. That makes sense. And I know you all have been through that, as have I. Stage three is where we have to stand up. Stage three is where you have to seek functional medicine. Stage three is where you have a chance at losing those 20 pounds you just put on and not putting on another 20. But if you don't catch it in stage three and you stay in the conventional system, you're going to move on to stage four. And this is overt hypothyroidism. This is where conventional medicine might actually say, guess what, Susie, you have a thyroid problem. Stage four is where thyroid gland, the, your thyroid gland has begun to epically fail. It is not producing T4 and T3 on its own anymore. It's, it's destroyed. We can see it on an ultrasound. It looks like Pac-Man attacked your thyroid gland. Your TSH will be elevated. Your free T3 and free T4 might actually be flagged low to where you will get paid attention to by conventional medicine. And this is where you are actually diagnosed, but this is where your symptoms have gotten to a point of interfering with quality of life for sure. And you're most likely starting to see other disease states with it. So this is where we'll see lowered sex hormones. Whether you are in perimenopause or menopause, doesn't matter. Maybe you're pushed into an early menopause because of this stage of Hashimoto's, the destruction of your thyroid gland and the subsequent effect on other organs, other systems, other parts of the endocrine system such as your sex hormones. So sex hormones could start to go down, insulin resistance, type two diabetes starts to show up. We start to see changes in lipid profiles, definitely changes in inflammation because with any autoimmune condition, and we're gonna start talk about stage five, where we progress to other autoimmune disorders, in stage four, this is where the inflammatory process really kind of amps up. So presentation could be, you as a patient, you're experiencing joint pain and muscle pain and migraines, skin conditions, psoriasis, eczema, hairs falling out, although that could be really be in stage two and three as well. Definitely stage four, dry skin, loss of the outer third of your eyebrows, 
definitely edema, swelling, the weight gain continues, the fatigue continues. All of those hypothyroid symptoms just amp up and then some until we go into, well, in addition to going into stage five. Now you're in stage five. You haven't done anything to reel in those antibodies. You've done absolutely nothing to take down the inflammation. No one has helped you. Everyone's told you you're normal. Maybe you're put on T4 only. You're not gluten-free yet. You haven't even started taking black cumin seed oil, Hashimoto's fix or nothing. You've done nothing. Now you're moving into stage five. And this is where autoimmune begets autoimmune, where we see one, we see more than one. This is where we will start to see celiac, Sjogren's. I mean, psoriasis is already an autoimmune condition. And that's how I know that I have Hashimoto's because I have other autoimmune conditions. There's no way I have hypothyroidism in and of itself, non-Hashimoto's hypothyroidism, if I have psoriasis. It doesn't even make sense. Sjogren's, lupus, God forbid, MS. All of these are additional autoimmune conditions that absolutely are potentials if you don't reel it in with your Hashimoto's at an early stage, because those soldiers will go out and they will find additional organs and systems and glands and tissues to attack. They will, because they're going to get kind of bored with your thyroid gland and they're going to beat it up to where there's nothing left anyways. You know, there's, there's nothing left to attack here. Let's go somewhere else. Let's go to another part of the body and let's attack that. And that's why we see multiple autoimmune conditions stacked. In this stage, hopefully you're on some kind of thyroid med, but again, you're probably on T4 only, unfortunately. And maybe you're on T4 only, but you're not doing any of the additional lifestyle changes to lower your inflammation and to lower the antibodies. We can also see an enlargement of the thyroid gland. We can see you shifting to Graves disease or from Graves to Hashi. Thyroid nodules, thyroid cancer, these are all kind of potentials once you are in this latter stage. And this is also the stage in which we see a lot of total thyroidectomies, partial thyroidectomies, and radioactive iodine treatment of the thyroid gland. We don't want you to get to that latter stage, and we can prevent you from getting to that latter stage. Prevention needs to start early. We need to start early because we can put you in remission. Just like we talked about, we can do simple things, simple, simple things can put you into remission. And here they are just to recap. Number one, a gluten-free diet. The reason why I say a gluten-free diet is because we know that there is a molecular mimicry to the molecule of gluten, which is gliadin. The protein molecule is called gliadin. And when we eat gluten with that protein molecule, our soldiers see that as identical to the thyroid gland, identical. So if there's a threat coming in, your soldiers are going to go out and attack. They attack that gluten molecule. They move over and they attack your thyroid. Now, if you continue eating gluten, and this is where I tied in non-lifestyle changes to the latter stage of Hashimoto's and other really scary autoimmune conditions. If you continue eating gluten and then your thyroid gland or your thyroid soldiers sees that gluten and goes out and attack. And there's nothing more to attack. The thyroid gland is done. It's shot. It's like the size of a pea. 
or maybe you already had it removed because you've progressed so far, you were at the point where time to just take it out or kill it, destroy it. Now, what are those soldiers going to do? They're going to go and attack something else. If it's your brain and spinal cord, that's MS. If it's your joints, that's rheumatoid arthritis. If it's your small intestine, that's celiac. They're going to move on to somewhere else. So going gluten-free is imperative if you have Hashimoto's or any autoimmune condition for that matter. Adding in Hashimoto's fixer, black cumin seed oil, significantly reduces inflammation. And I will put the link to the podcast that I did where I dove deep into the benefits of black cumin seed oil. They are far more than just lowering antibodies, reducing inflammation, reducing pain, prevention of cancer, balancing insulin. I mean, the list goes on and on. Adding that in, I think is something everybody should do, but adding in black cumin seed oil is imperative as well. Possibly going on low-dose naltrexone. And you can stack LDN with black cumin seed. I go into, in that episode, I also dive into why some people can't take LDN but definitely adding in LDN can help in addition to the black cumin seed oil if you tolerate it. And then being on the right thyroid medication treatment, the right thyroid hormone replacement treatment, doing that can help so much. It helps so much. Yes, it's going to help you as a person with your symptoms because you're going to have the right amount of thyroid hormone coming into your system and being utilized by your body in the proper way, making sure you're converting, enough T3, free T3 is optimal, reverse T3 is optimal, all the things, symptoms go down. Yes, that's important to your quality of life, but it's also important for support of your thyroid gland. Now, it's not going to necessarily stop the destruction of your thyroid gland. It doesn't directly affect the antibodies. Giving you T3 is not going to directly lower your antibodies, but it's going to help your body as a whole because it doesn't have to fight as hard to convert all that T4 only that your doctor is giving you over to T3. Instead, it's converting it to reverse T3 and putting your body in survival mode. It just takes the stressor off and it takes the stress off of you. I mean, let's face it. When you're walking around 20 pounds heavier, brain fog, fatigued, are you really going to give a shit about the food that you put in your mouth? Or are you just going to be like, Ugh, I just give up. Give me the gluten. Yep. Give me the donut. Just give me the freaking cookies. Because I don't care because nothing else is working. That's where the thyroid hormone replacement comes in just to improve quality of life. It's going to have an indirect effect on your antibodies. Trust me, it has an indirect effect on your antibodies. Might not be anywhere in scientific literature, but it does. Two more. Number one, testosterone. So testosterone, I have talked about it many, many times, lowers Hashimoto antibodies. There is a study on this. It was done on men, not on women, even though women are more affected by Hashimoto's. I mean, like 10 times more than men. The reason why we're 10 times more affected by Hashimoto's is because we have lower testosterone levels as compared to male counterparts, just in totality. Our testosterone should never be 800. A male testosterone should be at least 800. So in general, we produce less testosterone. Testosterone is very protective against autoimmune conditions and it helps to lower Hashimoto antibodies. So this study found that when men were given exogenous testosterone to get their numbers up, they saw a reduction in Hashimoto antibodies. Pretty cool. So for us ladies, 
we can add in testosterone and get our testosterone number to optimal. You should be total testosterone 50 or above. Most women do best at 100 to 200. Get your testosterone levels optimized. And that's going to take the burden off of your thyroid too and help to lower those antibodies. Last but not least, keep your insulin low. Insulin is inflammatory. If you are eating a high carbohydrate diet and you are jacking up your glucose and your insulin is above a six and you are insulin resistant, yes, that can happen from your thyroid gland not working. That can happen as a result of Hashimoto's, but you're also perpetuating the whole situation if you don't change your eating and change your lifestyle and you keep your insulin high. So changing your eating, going to a low carb diet, adding in blood sugar fixer, berberine, that's all going to help to keep your insulin levels low. Just a few weeks ago, when I was interviewing Isabella Wentz, I believe this was a conversation off camera. I don't think we actually said this in the interview, but she was asking me about the ketogenic diet. And I was laughing because I said, you know, a lot of people that sign on to work with me, the first thing they'll say is, well, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I can do keto. Assuming that I put everybody on a ketogenic diet. And I said, I really don't. Your labs tell me how you should eat. I say this all the time. Your labs tell me how you should eat. So if you are insulin resistant, you're going to have to lower your carbs. I mean, that's just basic science, right? We know that carbohydrates elicit more of a glucose and insulin response than does protein or fat. Fat exerts no, elicits no insulin response whatsoever. So your labs tell me how you should eat. So if you're, if you have your insulin and glucose under control, good for you. You can absolutely take in more carbohydrates than Susie Q over here, who has an insulin of a 12 and an A1C of a 5.6. Like she has to go on a low carbohydrate diet, probably a ketogenic diet. And then Isabella said to me that one of the ways that she healed her Hashimoto's was by going on a ketogenic diet. Because when you lower your insulin, you are significantly taking down inflammation and you're taking a huge burden off of the body. So when you simplify your food and eat real food, real food, when you simplify your food, eat real food, focus on that good quality protein, animal-based, God-given meat and fish and eggs and organic vegetables and a little bit of fruit, maybe a little, little, little bit of fruit, like some berries then you are not going to cause your body to pump out large amounts of glucose and insulin. Keep your insulin low, that will take the burden off too. And that will also, when you eliminate the processed foods and you eliminate the gluten that is in the high carbohydrate foods, now you are healing the gut. So what did we talk about in stage two? That gut permeability, well, even stage one, the genetic predisposition, turning that light switch on, leaky gut, one of the legs of the stool, healing your gut is imperative for lowering those antibodies and for stopping the proliferation of your gut wall with substances, we call them lipopolysaccharides, LPS. They're basically the bad guys that infiltrate your blood into get into your blood and go systemic and create a full body inflammatory response. That's the last thing you need. That is the last thing you need as a Hashimoto patient is a full body inflammatory response. We want to take down that inflammation. We want to support your body. We want to support healing. And I know I said only two more things, but I will add in a couple more. Just 
for your knowledge. Vitamin D. Vitamin D is imperative for your immune system. And when we're talking autoimmune, we actually want to support the immune system. Because if you are in a low immune state, if your body doesn't have enough protection and you're more susceptible to viruses and you're more susceptible to that Epstein-Barr virus that 95% of us have of flaring and kicking up, that's inflammation, that's stress on the body. And autoimmune conditions, specifically Hashimoto's, they don't like stress. That stress causes further destruction. That stress on the body pushes those soldiers out to do another attack. So just like every time you eat gluten, your soldiers are going out and attacking and attacking your thyroid gland and moving over here and attacking your joints and your gut. Extra stress, chemical stress, what you put in your body, what you put on your body, added stressors along with low immune system, low vitamin D, low zinc. Those are enough to keep you way out of remission to kick up those soldiers for more attacks, more attacks, more attacks. So you have to have proper amounts of vitamin D. 80 to 100 is where your vitamin D level should be rolling in at. I recommend 10,000 IUs per day paired up with K. Zinc is fantastic for your immune system. Fantastic. And then overall stress reduction. Get rid of the garbage that you're putting on the skin, on your skin. Get rid of the Glade plugins and the fragrance and the plastic and the plastic water bottles and the BPA-free water bottles that you think are good for you, but they're not. And the hormones in your food and the pesticides on your food. Get those chemical stressors out of your life because there's only so much we can do about stress, stress, right? Some stressors, listen, you're taking care of a sick parent. You're taking care of a sick kid. You have marital issues. You hate your job. Like all of those things are things that there's not a really quick fix for them. There's just not. They're just things that we have to deal with. But you know what you can do? You know what is in your power to change? What you buy at the store, what you put on your body, what you put in your body, and what you put in your mouth. Those things you 100% can change and take that stressor out of your life and off your body. Okay, that is it. In a nutshell, five stages of Hashimoto's. What stage are you in? And what, after this conversation, what can you do to change things? Whatever stage you're in right now, what steps can you do to make an impact on how this disease will progress or won't progress? as you move along in your life. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you loved it. And as always, if you would be so kind to leave a review, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, that would be absolutely amazing. I read all of them. Also, anything that you hear on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any kind of medical condition. So we always recommend that you check with your medical provider, your doctor, your nurse practitioner before implementing anything that you hear on this podcast. And if you want to find out more about working together, you can click the link below in the show notes to book a discovery call. And there you'll be talking to a member of my team. They are an extension of me. They are amazing. And you and I will talk after that once we get you all signed up and you and I get to work together. All right, I hope to see you soon.